the power that that has, the intelligence that that has, the clearance that that has. I am John McCain's daughter. The access that that has, the influence that that has, the profile that that has. Yeah. Is the view a Kiki? I'm just saying I've seen that kind of behavior when Bethany yelled at my child on the beach. I don't know Bethany, but I've seen her behave that way on the beach. Listen, Bethany yelled at my child the on the beach. Wait. Under the sea, under the sea. Whoopi is still out. She's secretly preparing to host the Oscars. I wish. So thanks for getting uh, well started watching The View, Peter, but you were wrong. Oh, don't feel bad. Oh, okay, so if you're going to have a hissy fit, we can't continue. <laughs> yeah, part of your job is to listen to me. Really, no. Sunny? Really, Sunny? Really, Sunny? What be your anti-Rosie or your like Rosie? I don't think about it. You don't even think no. about it. Rosie O'Donnell made some comments yesterday, um, and she said that she had a little bit of a crush on you, and it was mutual. Gay rights! What did it mean to you? Did That's the breath of the Holy Spirit. Like, please, Holy Spirit, work through me right now yes. so I don't answer my own mind. Yeah. Can I say something now? Is that okay? I've always wanted to do a podcast with different women who have different points of view. Or just like a show where I force people to talk about the view with me. Is the world flat? Yes. I'll call it Deja the View. I, I never thought about it, Whoopi. Okay, hello and welcome to Deja the View. Today... Marie is not here, and I'm here with Katie Elliott. Hi. Marie left the province. I don't know if anyone makes it to the end of an episode, but she slipped that in at the very end. She's in New Brunswick. So if you're a Marie stan, keep your tweets and just email your complaints directly to mariehudson at AOL.com. <laughs> um sex robot sarah haynes uh, hotmail.com that's her other email address <laughs> where you can send your complaints but we have another really fun guest today he's a friend of katie and mine his name is chris turner hello katie how do we know chris turner um chris turner and i were work colleagues back in the day this is true. And it's our relationship has evolved to be a beautiful friendship. Right. Yeah. And how do I come into the picture? Um, we hired you as a lowly intern at <laughs> my work to make us cute videos. Yes. Yeah. And get coffee and mm. play DJ. Try in our shoes. Did I ever? I don't think I ever got coffee. No. Did I? In my head, you did. You should have. <laughs> that was a mistake we made in management. Yeah. You know, we didn't realize your full your full potential i will say kevin was like the only intern that never gave us like a present remember how the other interns would literally give us like presents when they left this is true oh do you have one today <laughs> we're waiting i've been waiting i didn't know that it's pretty fucked up actually yeah like they would give us like um gift cards and they would bring us treats and snacks on their last day as like a please hire me okay yeah and yeah. thank you for all of your eternal wisdom and mm -hmm. guidance mentorship 
But Kevin, you did do, uh, you did play DJ an awful lot in that office. I did. And you introduced some songs that I think to this day still rotate heavily. There was a moment where Chris and I were really into Fruit by Marina and the Diamonds. Absolutely. I'm still really into that song and I think it's partially because of you. But I think she's really fallen off. Like, I don't think, I think the gays have turned on her. The gays have turned on her, but um, that last track that she put out maybe two months ago or so is incredible. Well, I fell off. It's worth getting back on just for that one song. Also, Ugly Heart. Ugly Heart. Oh, by GRL. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Well, that's like a karaoke staple for Marie and myself. Um, I, I once sprained my ankle performing that song at a karaoke. I'd pay to see that. So let's launch into The View. Chris, what's your relationship to The View right now? Where where have you, where do you come into The View story? <laughs> <laughs> Once upon a time. No, I, you know, it, it's it's weird. I, I don't watch it on the regular, but I feel almost like I do watch it on the regular because it's such a consistent part of my social media feed because you follow me on Twitter and I never shut up about it that too um but it there is something about the drama and the quote unquote viral moments that come from the view that almost make it its own its own reality or its own show or whatnot so I, I feel like you can be a fan of the drama and follow exactly what's going on and literally have never seen an episode yeah um, are you saying you've literally never seen I, I, I so i i have seen and i've seen more than one episode definitely but yeah i i feel like right at this point in time that really my relationship is more with everything that's happening offset or off camera right and there's some really juicy gossip that that keeps kind of coming out of that show that Very makes it rumors by Lindsay lohan yeah well so normally when i have a new guest on the show, I play a game called I Have Questions. Oh, I'm not going to play that game today oh. because I've come up with a new game, uh, which you both can play. Uh, I and keep, We're saying goodbye to a season of The View, so I was thinking about goodbyes. This game is called Goodbye, My Friend. No, 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 no. And what we're going to do is I'm going to read to you um, various co-hosts goodbye messages because pretty much every season of The View someone always says goodbye it's a surprise every, the beginning, ending, middle of any season of The View usually incorporates someone joining and someone leaving or multiple people I'm going to read you their goodbye messages and I want you to try to guess which co-host it is some of them are iconic some of them are a little trickier ready Okay, this one should be very easy. Okay. Okay. It better be very, it should be very easy. (laughs) Or this podcast is over immediately. Okay. Wait, do you mind? Excuse me one minute. I apologize for interrupting you. Something's been on my heart for a little bit, and um, after much prayer and counsel, um, I feel like this is the right time to tell you that... Uh, 
The show is moving in another direction for its 10th season, and I will not be returning as co-host next year. That would be Star Jones. Correct. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. After much prayer and counsel, uh, I feel like this is the right time to tell you that uh, the show is moving in another direction for its 10th season, and I will not be returning as co-host next year. Oh, it's shocking. Um, it's uh, shocking to me. You know what? Those were the days. Right? Those were the days. 10th season. Okay. Well, everybody, I just want to say thank you to all the cast here and the crew, mostly to Barbara Walters, who has always looked out for me in my life and career and is an amazing woman. We had lunch yesterday and she sends her love and I want to thank her for making this show and for letting me be on it twice. We've had fun and I hope we're going to have more fun and I'll come back and do an occasional crafting segment because I have a hot glue gun and I will travel. (laughs) So that's Rosie, is it not? Yes, it's Rosie in 2014. Amazing. Ding, ding, ding. I won. Yes, you got one. Good job. Wow, now you owe me two prizes. (laughs) We've had fun, and I hope we're going to have more. And uh, I'll come back and do an occasional crafting segment, because I have a hot glue gun, and I will travel. This one, I don't know if you're going to get this. So, (laughs) this is my last day at The View. Um, Yeah, yeah. And I want to thank these ladies. What you don't know about us is that these these ladies were really friends. Um, so I want to thank you because I'm a little eccentric and you put up with me and this has been just an amazing journey and I appreciate all of you. Um, I want to thank the viewers, even the ones who write me hate tweets. Um, you know, this is what I'm here for. I'm here to shake things up. Is that Jenny? No. Is it Raven? It was Jedediah Bila. Oh my god. And like you, the tone is so like nervous because hers was so abrupt. Yeah. Like it was completely unplanned until like that day. So she's like so. <laughs> so this is my last day at The View. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I, I want to thank these ladies. What, what you don't know about us is that these these ladies, we're really friends. Sonny's texts. I mean, Sarah, Whoopi, you're my inspiration. Joy, you when I need comedic relief. This is where I go. So we're going to be friends. <laughs> and now you're the one that sends her hate tweets. Yeah. <laughs> well, she's turned. She's, she's turned she dark-sided. That. Here's another one. I'm excited and sad, but mostly excited. I have an announcement to make. No, I'm not pregnant. Um, so as you guys have noticed, I have been here on Fridays mostly, but that's because I've been working internally with the Disney company, and I have a really big surprise for you guys. Paula Ferris? No. I just thought of Fridays. It's Raven Simone. Oh, of course. Because she yeah. was working internally with the Disney company on Raven's Home. So, Ray Ray? Yes. What's up? I'm excited and sad, but mostly excited. Sweet. I have an announcement to make. No, I'm not pregnant. Um, oh, not familiar. Sorry, Raven. <laughs> oh, so Raven. This is one of my all time favorite Wait, ones. Wait, before we go on to that one. Is, what is she doing these days? She's doing Raven's Home. This they, must be a very popular, very successful program. Well, they like for her to leave the view for it, because I don't think she necessarily had a choice in that matter. <laughs> I mean, there should be a Cheetah Girls revival any minute now. 
Has anyone checked on Kylie Williams? Is that the girl's <laughs> name? Okay, this is my all-time favorite goodbye message. When I joined The View seven years ago, my son was two years old and I was going through a very public divorce. Now my son is nine years old and I'm going through another very public divorce. Let me just say I'm happy that Barbara Walters and Bill Geddes were better at picking co-hosts for this show than I was at choosing my husband's. Yeah, I got nothing. It's Sherry Shepard. Oh, of course. Really? Okay. She's always getting divorced. Yeah. But when I joined The View seven years ago, Jeffrey was two years old, and I was going through a very public divorce. Now my son is nine years old, and I'm going through another very public divorce. <laughs> Let's just say I'm happy that Barbara Walters and Bill Getty were better at picking co-hosts for this show than I was at choosing my hook. I talked pop culture and politics. I laughed, I moaned, I cried. But I worked for seven long years to prove I am not Star Jones. <laughs> I'm sorry that we failed your game. It's a good game, though. Well, I'm not done yet. Oh. We have a chance to redeem it. It's a good one. Um, breath. Uh, first of all, I'm really happy and excited to confirm that, indeed, I will be joining the Fox & Friends team in September. And first, I'd like to thank Mr. Roger Ailes, Bill Shine, and the entire Fox News channel for this incredible opportunity. Today is officially my last day at The View, and for a decade I've been able to work efficiently at this table. And I mean this with my whole heart, because everyone behind the scenes worked more efficiently. Elizabeth Hasselbeck? Thank you. Yeah, duh. Booked and blessed. Booked yeah. and blessed. It was reported last night that our Elizabeth Hasselbeck is leaving us to join the Fox Network. As you can see, I'm a little teary, but I always want what's best for you. You know how I feel about you, and I just, I, I'm, I'm happy that you're going. No, I'm not happy that you're going. I'm happy that it's good for you. You tell us about it. <laughs> um, breath. Um, okay. Okay, big news, breaking news. Did you hear? It's on CNN. It's breaking news, breaking news. I've decided that we couldn't come to terms with my deal with ABC, so next year I'm not going to be on The View. However, I will be coming back and I will be guest hosting. I'll be doing one hour specials on autism and depression and stuff that I'm interested in. I'm just not going to do the everyday thing because we couldn't, you know, they wanted me to do three years. They wanted to do one year. I was like, they were like, and it didn't work. But that's showbiz. But it's not sad because I've loved it here and I love you guys and I'm not going away. I'm just not going to be here every day. Jenny. Wrong. What? Really? I thought the autism thing was right there. No, it's Rosie the first time. Oh. And there's like a running theme here of Rosie lying to us and saying that she's going to come back right. and do an occasional guest hosting segment and never coming back. I will be coming back and guest hosting. I will be doing one hour specials on autism and depression and stuff that I'm interested in. I'm just not gonna do the everyday thing. I would like to make one thing perfectly clear. Go ahead. I, I do not participate in the negotiations for Rosie. Correct, it's ABC and I, daytime. And it is ABC daytime. This is not, and you know, I'm gonna read, oh, I did this and I did that, and it brings back a lot of other things that I was accused of doing and did not do. <laughs> when Rosie walks out the door, it's like, what's that very famous, the gif, the movie where she's walking out and through this thing and it's like the bomb flame oh, coming up behind. Yeah. Oh. That's Rosie exiting the view every single time. She's like, screw you guys. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, I'm still waiting for her to come back and do an occasional crafting segment. Okay, this is my last one. If this isn't gonna if this isn't Jenny, then 
I don't this know what to say. I don't know why you guys <laughs> are that's so my, obsessed with Jenny McCarthy. I don't know. Today, that's my answer for everything. <laughs> okay. How do you say goodbye to something like 50 years in television? The good news is that I will have time now to get Botox. But now that I'm no longer going to be on air, I don't need Botox. But starting soon, I may be available for supermarket openings and charity auctions. For a $10 bid, you can have lunch with me. And for a $20 bid, you don't have to. The queen herself. Bawa Walters. How do you say goodbye to something like 50 years in television? The good news is that I will have time now to get Botox. Well, you guys failed miserably, but... we didn't. Yeah, if we had kept score, I think we would have done okay. I think we did quite well. (laughs) Okay, well... We'll see how it all shakes out in post. Yeah. <laughs> so far, no one on The View has given us an abrupt goodbye message. And we'll see. There's, you can never trust that everyone at The View is returning for real. Dun, dun, dun. Who do you think is on the chopping block? Well, how about this? Who would you like to see return and who would you like to see not return for 23? I'm always on the... I always want everyone to return because I think no matter what, people always will grow on you like after if you give them a chance like even i think megan. there's too much firing even megan well megan's one of my dearest friends we're really close friends so it's different it's a different story um but that said megan mccain has announced a new audiobook it's the follow-up to her previous books america you sexy bitch dirty sexy politics and my dad john mccain <laughs> Um, it's gonna be about politics and obviously like her grief and her father and whatnot and the audible is owned by amazon it's already automatically on everyone's phone and everywhere i go people ask me why are you still conservative why are you still a republican how are you surviving in these kind of times where your conservative ideals come from and quite frankly i just don't think there are enough women talking about why they're still conservatives so i'm really lucky that amazon decided to buy this project and you can you know when you're doing your makeup or cooking or whatever i know i listen to audiobooks all the time in the bathroom you can listen to in the bathroom well you know good for her I mean, yeah. Like, I look forward to never reading it or listening to it, but I guess I'll be a little bit curious as to what you have to say about it. Because when she was talking about it on the show, she did say that it was going to be about, like, what her conservative values are and, like, why young people should still be conservative. And I can't wrap my mind around why anyone would want to be conservative in this day and age. So I'm interested in knowing what she has to say about that. It's going to be tough for me. I feel like it's, I should, I probably have to listen to it and I don't really want to. Moving on. Oh, this is usually the part in the show where Marie starts saying, oh, do you feel that? It's getting hot and spicy in here or whatever. Whatever. Listen, I'm not going to do it. Um, Let's do some hot topics. So obviously, it was it was honestly a very bleak last week on the View. They're trying to get to vacation, and so am I. Um, so the biggest thing they had to talk about was the Democratic debates, and they didn't care if it was. Uh, they they didn't mind talking about it for three days straight, let alone two days. 
let's why not make it three? So they really went for it, reacting to each of the debates. Did you guys watch the debates at all? Um, no, but I saw highlights on Twitter. I watched most of night one and then mostly highlights for the rest of it. I was really looking forward to watching night one. The problem is, is this early, I find it so hard to be super engaged with the debates because I feel like you've got, there's so much we've got to get through. (laughs) And I'm just like, I can't emotionally invest myself too much at this point Mm -hmm. because I just feel like there's so much weeding out and there's so much longer to go. And that's the problem with American politics. I think that most of us find is you get so kind of caught up in it and so emotionally involved in the candidates. And I just feel it's too early for me to get that wrapped up. Like I I have my, my people that I like and I don't like, I'm not as, I'm not as excited about any of the candidates actually um, as I have been in in past years. Um, You know, obviously for me, especially last, the last round, because I'm like a super Hillary fan and I grew up being a super Hillary fan. My mom taught me, you know, Mm -hmm. my mom was, you know, a super Hillary fan and she taught me to also be one. So I felt extra invested last time. Um, and emotionally invested and emotionally exhausted through the whole thing. So I'm just, and, and so far this presidency has been exhausting. I think that's why, you know, I find in general, like there haven't, there hasn't even been as much excitement and as much coverage because people are like, oh my God, I I, I can't get excited about these candidates. I can't get excited about, we have so long to go. I, yeah, I mean, there's so many of them, and also, like, it just feels like it's all for nothing because, like, Joe Biden's just going to win anyway, And but we're still, like, doing the thing where we have to, like, weed them out, and there's so many of them, but I don't, as far as I know, like, I don't think anyone's, like, really coming too close to him, so it's just, like, this is fun to watch, but, and also, as a Canadian, it's, like, this is, like, I don't know, you're you're watching it, you're, it, it does affect us, but it, you're an outsider to it, so it's, like, whatever. Um, I tried to watch night one, but I, I only caught the last 45 minutes of it, but I could have watched it for forever because I could watch Marianne Williamson for forever and Elizabeth Warren. Um, and I would say that was like the person that captured the view co-host attention the most. Uh, they, they, Megan called her, her red witch crystal, crystal high priestess. High priestess. This is part of the dark underbelly of American society. The racism, the bigotry, and the entire conversation that we're having here tonight, if you think any of this wonkiness is going to deal with this dark psychic force of the collectivized hatred that this president is bringing up in this country, then I'm afraid that the Democrats are going to see some very dark days. It's $500 billion, 200 to $500 billion, payment of a debt that is owed. That is what reparations is. Okay. Mm. So, what did you think? About Marianne Williamson? Um, just, no, just about the oh, whole my, evening. My dark crystal red witch princess, please hit me with so much crazy. I love her for how <laughs> insane I think she is. And again, I'm the conservative at the table, but she is, so, it is so off the wall for me, but highly entertaining. So please come back to the show, come back, continue your debate stage. So clearly Megan's logged onto the internet. Um, yeah, like if I was at a table with my coworkers, I would never be like, 
Marianne Williamson is my new mommy and I want her to step on my neck. You know? <laughs> like some things you just keep on Twitter. But Megan doesn't have that filter. Yeah. But they were talking about how Marianne, um, well, A, was like the most Googled candidate on the first night, which I don't think necessarily means that she's doing well. It just means that people didn't know who she was until that moment. She was by far the number one searched Googled candidate, by the way. Marianne Williamson. If you want to see the chart, that's America. Google searching my high priest, crystal priestess. I'm a little scared about that. Marianne Williamson right now. She was the number one most searched candidate. She's interesting. She could run my psychodrama group. And and she had some pretty questionable Or she like struck a chord in some way, I guess. Her performance was wonky to take a page out of her book. But I also, like, I stan her. Like, she's an icon, and I love her, and I could literally watch her endlessly. Like, I watched her um, talking to Anderson Cooper. I just saw, like, a clip last night of her, like, um, he, I fucking, I forget now. He was, like, accusing her of something, and then she was like, well, do you even know about the pharmaceutical companies that advertise on your program? And he was like... I don't know right now. And she was like, well, you might want to look it up, Anderson. Like, she's funny she and she has big balls. That just seems irresponsible. Well, Anderson, I could say the same thing to you, given how many pharmaceutical companies advertise on your show. I, so, I don't know. You know I've never seen the ads me, on my show, so I don't know what pharmaceutical well, you might companies. Well, look at it. But I got to be telling you. Might I, look at it. I'm not- um, it's also funny because I feel like Megan thinks everyone else is on the same page as her, where because she's so right-leaning, she, like, doesn't even consider that Marianne Williamson could have anything impactful oh, or Oh, yeah, smart she's like, say. we're all just entertained, yeah. and, like, it's all just entertainment when it comes to Marianne. Yeah, but, but like, some people... someone who's pretty far left, like me, like, obviously, I know she's, like, crazy. Yeah. But she does say things that I'm, like... Right, well, that's the thing, made. is, like, when they... So the main thing from the debate is that she gave this really incredible answer about reparations Mm -hmm. which i think i honestly think sunny has some influence on why that was even a debate question because she's been asking every single um candidate that comes on the view about reparations and then now it's a debate question and i think she could be responsible a little bit but marianne gave a really impassioned answer about that um so they were like reacting to that on the view whatever i'm i'm as i said i love marianne williamson williamson i'm happy to watch her forever like queen then on night two is when things got spicier on the view reacting to that debate so that debate had kamala biden and tulsi gabbard tulsi gabbard is like really getting a lot of attention right now as before she was getting absolutely none and she was like a joke and i think she still is a joke but People are talking about her now because there's been this like weird embrace by Republicans and also by like white supremacists for Tulsi. And also like Megan suddenly And also Megan loves Tulsi. And she went from hating Tulsi to now just that's the only person besides Biden that she's willing to say like had a good performance. And it's very interesting. Well, it's also consciously manipulative. Expand. Well, you know, look, Megan knows what she's saying. She knows what she's doing. She knows that she has influence 
over a certain group of people. And I, I feel that sometimes, okay, how am I going to put this so it comes out half intelligent? But sometimes people on one side will know where to shift their supposed support or interest in, in a sabotage, Mm -hmm. um, as a form of sabotage. That's why Sunny called her a Trojan horse or was it Anna? Uh, Sunny. I think Sunny said it first. She said the Republicans like her. And I think she's a real Trojan horse here because when you look at her record in particular, um, she was very anti LGBT, um, and then also, like, she's gotten a lot of backlash for, like, foreign policy-related things. And um, I don't understand the Assad thing. I'm not going to pretend to. But Megan and many people have criticized her for not, uh, for her, like, weird meeting with Assad. So, t- yeah. So this conversation on The View happened because um, Tulsi, like, went after Kamala saying how she has um, put so many people in jail for their marijuana charges. But then when she was on The Breakfast Club, she was like laughing about how she has taken a weed before. Senator Harris says she's proud of her record as a prosecutor and that she'll be a prosecutor president. But I'm deeply concerned about this record. There are too many examples to cite, but she put over 1,500 people in jail for marijuana violations and then laughed about it when she was asked if she ever smoked marijuana. And Megan was saying Tulsi got a really good blow on her there. And this is how this whole conversation happened. And then Anna kind of started saying, like, I'm not trying to be paranoid, but, like, maybe there is something um, worth pointing out that, like, the Russian propaganda sites are favoring Tulsi and that all of these bad people are supporting her now. And Megan decided to that that was a personal attack against her she snapped. for saying that she likes Tulsi. Um, and Anna was like, I'm not talking about you specifically, Megan. And Megan said, well, I, my family isn't allowed to go to Russia. And she was like, I don't think that's productive that you're making this about you. And Megan said, well, I don't appreciate that my family can't go to Russia. She put people in jail for smoking weed and then bragged about how she smoked weed on the radio. She it left. was a great line. She landed a big blow on what was the front runner last time. The idea that she's now a Trojan horse is just po- political. I have a question. I don't know about that, though. I, I, you know, I the, the Trojan is. horse thing. Ridiculous. Maybe I'm paranoid, mm-hmm. but, you know, after Jill Stein, yeah. I am right. paranoid. Right. And there, yeah. there, is a, there is a ton of. Um, there's a lot of writings on it today on, on Tulsi. And I like Tulsi. Mm-hmm. I disagree mm-hmm. with her vehemently mm-hmm. on foreign policy in particular. Right. But I'm seeing people who used to dislike her tremendously mm-hmm. now all of a sudden like her. Yeah. And there's a lot of writings in things like Russia today. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of yeah. Russian bot traffic mm-hmm. around Tulsi. There's something going on. The idea that I'm somehow watching RT, by the way, I can't even travel to Russia because my family's sanctioned from going there and I like right. her at the same time. But nobody's but saying you. I'm talking about other yeah. people. I mean, just because but, I'm making a reference doesn't mean it's a reference to you. But I am in the Venn diagram of what you just said. I am that person. I am a Republican who thinks what she's saying is interesting. That's why so I that, say the so Republicans like her and they're going to start throwing money at and her. And you know what? So just God keep your forbid eye on any Republicans yeah. like any of the Democratic candidates on any way. Just bloodlet every independent and Republican who's curious about any Democratic well, candidates I, out. I, I, and at the same time, keep attacking Obama and his wife. I will tell you. I mean, her, really her winning friend, strategy, yeah. guys. Her best friend in Congress used to be, she used to be very close to Adam Kissinger, a Republican. Mm -hmm. They were both combat veterans. Mm -hmm. 
that that relationship also a friend has, of mine, right. by the way. Right. Okay, and, and, that, and he's a friend of mine too. That relationship has ended because of her apologism for Assad, because she went and visited with Assad, because she I'm can't call him I'm not supporting her. I just think what she's saying a, is know, interesting, and I think right. that the idea that she got, because she got a big hit on Kamala, now she's a Russian, Russian stooge. Are we up to make no, I'm not saying that. I'm saying, saying here's what's annoyed, happening now, y'all. <laughs> so she's like, I'm not a Russian bot, basically. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think anyone was saying even remotely that Megan had any ties to Russia. That much is clear. But I guess Megan just wanted to draw a line in the sand and make it super clear that just because she supports Russia's favorite candidate doesn't mean she's she's undercover. Conspiracy theory. (laughs) Yeah. I mean it's possible. Like Megan may have good intentions with Tulsi. She may literally just be like, Yeah, I just like think it's great that she's a veteran and I like some of her views, but I'm not supporting her. Maybe Megan is the one Republican, but what Anna and Sunny are saying Mm -hmm. is there's a lot more there, and it seems very weird that you, at this time, have suddenly flipped on Tulsi when you were the one on The View calling her out over her meeting with the Syrian dictator, et cetera, et cetera, whatever. Anyways, Tulsi... It's not the only person coming after Kamala. Also, Lil' Kim stands. Why? So, have you guys heard that Lil' Kim stands hate Kamala now? No. no <laughs> but I'd love to know more. They've canceled her. Because, um, so, recently this video resurfaced. And it's like a BET documentary or something that Lil' Kim made when she was going to prison. And she went to prison for perjury. And in the video, there's a clip of Kamala Harris and she gives a like tough quote, like I'm gonna find it. What is the code among friends around the street? What I would like to see is in the way that we're handling cases like those of Lil' Kim, we say as a community that we're not gonna glorify the gangster. She was found guilty and acquitted of obstruction of justice, guilty of perjury. Uh, And she was sentenced to one year and a day. And that's all the clip really is. But people like jumped to conclusions and were like, oh my God, Kamala put Lil' Kim in jail. (laughs) So all these people on Twitter started freaking out and canceling Kamala. um, And it turns out that Kamala didn't actually, she's not the person responsible. She wasn't the DA. Like she's not the person that put Lil' Kim in jail. But because of her like, quote in that documentary everyone assumed she was and now Lil' Kim stands hate Kamala so Kamala you in danger girl (laughs) yeah I mean and I'm not like totally educated on Kamala's background but I think that's a reason that a lot of people don't like her it's just because she's a cop because well she's not a cop but like well she's a cop yeah Yeah. (laughs) um yeah she like fuck blue lives Mariah skinny but the, the best part of Little Kim is um, uh, the exit lewd or whatever the spoken word at the end of that one song where she's like, hello, hello, I found your man's number in my, remember? <laughs> she's like, I found your man's number in, my, uh, in his pocket. And then she's like, well, shit, bitch, give it to him then. No one of the motherfucker hasn't called me yet. <laughs> found your number in my man's pocket. Well, shit, bitch, give it to him then. No wonder the motherfucker hasn't called me yet. That fucking groupie ass. Feeling numbers and shit. Oh, what? 
fucking bitch. I'm going to see your ass in a motherfucking concert. So the last thing before I move on from the political view is uh, I wanted to touch on Bill de Blasio because he was on the debates on the second night. He's the mayor of New York and literally no one thinks he should run. It's like no one blank Bill de Blasio. I'm running for president. (laughs) Um, And so a a lot of people are pissed at him, including most of the co-hosts of the view because they all live in New York and like, as we know, Whoopi hates bike lanes. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of problems. So in his opening statement, he was heckled by protesters who were chanting um, fire Pantaleo. And that was the NYPD officer that murdered Eric Garner. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he, I guess like he, they decided they weren't going to charge him. So people are mad at the mayor for like, there not really being any consequences for that. Um, so he, his opening statement was like, he got heckled. Um, and I guess he also was like talking about crime generally um, in his opening statement. And even though Abby Huntsman has not been on The View, she still has been using her voice and she was live tweeting the debates. And it was like nice to hear from Abby because I remembered how sometimes she is just a little bit mousy out to lunch (laughs) um so i saw this tweet pop up because someone was making fun of her because she tweeted pretty sickening to listen to bill de blasio's opening statement about crime when two nights ago someone i know was mugged and robbed right in midtown full of people one of the many sad examples recently the city he represents and then someone quote tweeted that um eve pacer um, she said, I can't believe no one debriefed or I can't believe no one briefed de Blasio and what happened to Abby Huntsman's friend beforehand. <laughs> and then someone else tweeted at Abby yesterday. My friend was attacked by several gangs trying to get from a meeting. He was attending in central park several back to gangs? his home. <laughs> yeah. In Coney Island, including some thugs on roller skates. And then Abby said, sorry to hear that this amazing city deserves better. New York is falling apart. That's a really good way for a gang to escape quickly. I just love that Abby is like, uh, like clearly de Blasio must have made a comment about like crime going down. And Abby's like, "Uh uh-uh, my friend got mugged. (laughs) So there's no way that crime could possibly be going down. Someone else like quote tweeted her Soledad O'Brien, who honestly needs to log off. Like she's a journalist, but she like is too on Twitter. Um, But anyways, that's another story for another day. Um, She said, this is not a smart comment. Look at crime stats, not individual anecdotes in a major city. That's just silliness. Um, Also agree. No reason for de Blasio to be on that stage, (laughs) but complain about New York being expensive, not dangerous. You can complain about both, but what Abby said is dumb. Well, I hope her friend's okay. (laughs) Okay, well, I have one more point on de Blasio, which came up in my google alerts um so the day after the debates he was taping an interview on the view and they all had been bashing him like all week like even though they fully knew he's coming like they were making comments about how like people need to drop out of the debates um yeah megan's live tweets were like shut the fuck up already (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah like they did not give a fuck that he was coming to the view um but this article came up and it says um Bill de Blasio makes flyers wait on the tarmac so he can rush to the view. 
<laughs> Mayor Bill de Blasio made Delta passengers wait in their seats on the tarmac at LaGuardia Airport for 10 minutes Thursday after flying back from his less than stellar performance at the Detroit <laughs> debate so that he and his security detail could deplane first. But it wasn't, it, it wasn't a pressing matter related to the city or the potential firing of Eric Garner chokehold cop Daniel Pentaleo that necessitated the inconvenience to his fellow passengers, de Blasio had to rush off to tape an appearance on ABC's The View. This is just a continuation of the rudeness and the bluntness of his performance last night, said one fed-up New Yorker who declined to give her name. It's par for the course, par for the course, her companion fumed. The perennial... perennial the perennially rushed, is that it? Did I get it? Yes, Got you it. nailed it. Rushed mayor throughout his tenure. He's missed hiring deadlines and or he's missed hiring deadlines and deadlines for contract payments and been late to numerous emergencies and public events. Was heading off to tape the view in Midtown, a spokeswoman said in declining the post interview request. Adding insult to injury, de Blasio had been one of the last passengers to board the plane five minutes late when it departed Detroit on Thursday morning. De Blasio campaign spokeswoman Jacqueline Rothenberg said the mayor was the mayor was at the departure gate on time and didn't make the plane late. He just prefers to board last. That's all they had to say in his defense. I also prefer to To board board the plane last. (laughs) Give me the confidence of a mediocre white man. That's all I have to say. Yeah, really. So when he was on The View, it wasn't quite as spicy as I thought it would be like leading up with all of the comments leading up to it. But there was one thing that really made me laugh and it was Megan Megan, calling him out um, on how he was in Iowa during the New York blackout. Which, like, we don't live in New York, but from what it looked like to me, it was not that long of a blackout. Yeah, remember there was a blackout that lasted, like, days, like, ten years ago? But I think he even said on The View the blackout lasted five or six hours. And it was the first time it had happened in 13 years. Um, But Megan decided to grill him about this, and... It was just amazing. Well, I'm not a fan of either of them, but it was amazing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> when he uh, when he did the quip back where he was like, you know, I basically saying that he didn't schedule the blackout for political reasons to mm-hmm. you know as part of his agenda. Like the back and forth exchange between the two of them was Megan's amazing. Like, but people didn't have air conditioning. <laughs> like, welcome to my life, Megan. Some yeah. people don't have air conditioning every day. Yeah, <laughs> this is amazing. But you were heavily heavily criticized for campaigning in Iowa during the blackout in New York City. That blackout impacted where I live. It impacted the service people who work. They had to stay up till 4 o'clock in the morning getting the air conditionings back on. Um, A group of New Yorkers took out a series of billboards in Iowa reminding you that New Yorkers need your attention. I think we have a picture of it right here. Um, How will ignoring your city in the middle of a historical blackout to campaign to basically no one in Iowa change that? Megan, listen, respectfully. Uh, it's the first blackout in 13 years. It was not something we were ever told was coming, obviously. Mm-hmm. I was in Iowa at a series of events, and late on a Saturday night, suddenly we're dealing with a blackout. I immediately got on the phone to my team, made sure everyone was in the right position. Our first responders did an amazing job. It went on for five hours, and then, thank God, was over. Not a single person got injured. In fact, it proved just how prepared New York City is for these things. But respectfully, the way you, you made it sound like it was a scheduled blackout and I decided to go someplace else, that's not how it happens. 
Um, she was obviously like taking a page out of Elizabeth Warren's book of staying on message. Yes. Because she they like went to another conversation and or talking point. She's like, um, can I just say one thing? Back to the blackout. <laughs> Back to when my power was off and I couldn't watch the Real Housewives of New York. Back to when I, a single drop of sweat went down my head from my air conditioning being off. Yeah. Just okay. to go back to the Please. point that I was trying to make, um, I will tell you that I think part of the problem was when there was a blackout and it was impacting people, that it didn't look prudent, that you didn't come back to New York City at the time that you were campaigning. Would it have really been that hard to fly back to New York City and then fly back to Iowa to campaign? I think Megan, that again, the facts are what matter here. Uh, once it was clear that the blackout was not being immediately but solved, which took... optically, uh, like, it didn't look great. Well, again, that's the interpretation of the media with all due respect. I was on the phone I'm a New Yorker, sort of. I mean, I consider myself more of an Arizonan, but I do live, take residency here. And I didn't like that you didn't come back. Okay, well, you guys, we made it through uh, the political analysis portion of the podcast. Now I can get drunk. (laughs) (laughs) We made it through the political wilderness. Yes, where we try to talk about American politics, despite it being a long weekend civic holiday in Toronto. So let's move on to some other stuff that they talked about during Hot Topics on The View. Um, this was a very controversial thing in the uh, ET news world, which is that Army Hammer recently got called out for posting a video of his two-year-old son sucking on his toes. The video that he has deleted from Instagram shows his kid sucking on his toes Um well, there's like a buildup and then he sucks on the toes and then Army Hammer posted it and said, um, this happened for seven minutes, hashtag foot fetish on fleek. And people were saying it's gross and inappropriate. This is the most confusing celebrity scandal of the month because I don't really get it and I don't really get the outrage. Like, yeah, it's kind of questionable and it's kind of weird to put out there but like has nobody else ever hung out with a baby or a toddler like they are always like sucking on your finger or like biting and, and as drooling as and sucking on your toe you know it's not sticking its tongue in a light socket yes thank you like you know that where it is what it's doing so it sucks on your toe, so what? But that's not the controversy. The controversy is controversy is that he said foot fetish on fleek. He's <laughs> just being stupid. I know, he's <laughs> Honestly, if you could see some of the questionable hashtags I've used before, <laughs> it makes that yeah. look like I'm like Well that's the thing, is it's like something that uh like yes it's gross, yes you shouldn't be like saying a sexualized thing about your baby. Um, but also like, it's just a very like casual, easy joke to make. And like, it could have happened to anyone. Unfortunately, Army Hammer is just too stupid to realize that he's too famous to say something like that. Or to like rope bondage tweets. Yeah. This person on YouTube said, not strange for a kid to try it. Kids are weird. Weird to allow it for seven minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Fucked up to post it. Oh, wow. (laughs) throwing it all out there yeah but doesn't hasn't army hammer had like a slew of like weird like social media posts or something i feel like people talk about army hammer a little more than he's worth like he's pretty dull well there was something else and i uh, it was the rope bondage he was liking rope bondage tweets and he didn't realize that his tweets his liked tweets were public rope bondage like yeah um, like shibari mm -hmm, but like like sexy women tied up right 
And he liked it on Twitter, and so everyone could see. Oh. Anyways, this moved on into another hot topic, which is about Snooki, because she also got herself in trouble because she posted an Instagram picture where she was feeding her baby with a bottle, and then in her other hand, she was holding a glass of wine, and she wrote, um, bottoms up, (laughs) and she got mom shamed. You know, there is nothing that we as a society or public love doing more than building people up to incredible heights and then ripping them right down off of their platform. It's kind of like, it's so messed up when you think it is, especially like South of the border, it is a national pastime to, you know, just turn somebody into something, some godlike figure, and then just throw them in the garbage when you're done with them. Yeah, or just, like, forget, like, what someone's brand was in the first place. Like, it's Snooky, like... Well, exactly. Yeah. If that picture had come out, you know, in the heyday of Jersey Shore, everybody would have been like, she's a multitasker! <laughs> she's my hero! But now, because, you know, we're past our fascination with her, it's like, throw her to the wolves! Something, one of my favorite pastimes is to go into the Facebook comments on the Views Facebook page. I don't know if you're aware, Chris, but that is one of the deepest, darkest places on earth. And um, I knew that the moms on Facebook were having a mom-versation about this, so I'm going to read some of them to you. Uh, Paula says, My grandma did that, and it was whiskey. She said it helped her relax, and the milk came out easier. And then Diana replied, Your grandmother breastfed you? (laughs) (laughs) Elizabeth <laughs> Elizabeth says, I did this a lot. Look, mind your business. Baby is good. Mama is having a drink. She's not doing tequila shots and smoking a blunt. Okay. Lauren says, it's nice to see her taking care of her baby instead of hearing her leaving it in a hot car. I'd be more concerned if she was giving the baby alcohol but she wasn't. So I think everyone can relax. The voice of reason. You know, these like are... Like putting it in perspective, you know? Yeah. Come on. I want to hear... There's got to be some terrible ones. I want to pe- hear people like ripping down Snooki well, on, on the Facebook page. A little bit of a fight broke out Amazing. between Diane, who's a top friend in Facebook. So that means that she comments on the views posts like a lot. A lot. <laughs> are you a top friend? <laughs> Unfortunately, no. But I didn't even know this was a thing until recently when Marie pointed it out to me. But um, so Diane says, I find it unacceptable to see parents drinking with their children at any age. It creeps me out, quite honestly. And then Jojo, Siwa, <laughs> says, you are on here a lot. And honestly, I believe you when you say many things creep you out. It is rather creepy to us to see how much creeps you out, honestly. <laughs> wow. Diane Fine. claps back and says... Jojo, buzz off then. I don't care. Mediocre. You know what? It's not over yet. Oh, amazing. Jojo says, keeping that top fan badge going, eh? Just curious. Are you for real? You have nothing but food and it's all posted publicly. Nary a soul ever comments. I know I have my settings to where you would 
think I have zero friends, but you are a real person with a real account. <laughs> That's really brutal and devastating. Takedown of Diane, the top friend. Okay, did Diane respond? No, that, I mean, that's herself. kind of where it ended. She probably logged off. No, she's probably just back commenting on the, the talk. <laughs> um, so another person who their name, which I can only assume is their real name, Brittany Knowles Carter. She says, she's not snorting cocaine. She's drinking a glass of wine while bottle feeding. It's not even like she's breastfeeding while doing it. People need to get a life. Um, and then someone named Nanny says, Brittany Knowles Carter, how do you know she's not snorting cocaine? What, are you there? Maybe she had a few lines before. Maybe she had a few lines right before the picture. Maybe she'll have a few lines afterwards. Who knows? They obviously posted this picture to get a reaction so she could be relevant again. That's absurd. That leap of logic assumes that anyone could be doing cocaine at any time. Yeah. Uh... Francis, in 1953, I was told a glass of wine at bedtime and we would both sleep better. I never tried it. I didn't like wine. (laughs) Subverting expectations since 1953. And lastly, Teresa, my mom was a bartender and drank every day. I'm just fine. I only drink on holiday. (laughs) That's pure. Um, My parents um, used to give me alcohol when I was a baby. Wow. (laughs) They would like put a little tiny like finger droplet of whiskey on my bottle and apparently made me sleep better. I just want to say if you're a mom and you're not drinking, I don't know how you're doing it. Hats off. Yeah. When they they were talking about celebrities posting like pictures and regretting it on social media and Megan brought up how she once posted a picture of a book and her cleavage was like really out of control yeah oh. on flea <laughs> <laughs> um and she received a whole bunch of backlash for that and like when she brought that up I remember that like I think that's like maybe one of the first times that I was introduced to Megan McCain was like pe- there's Laura Ingram calling her fat um, and her cleavage photo <laughs> on, like, while her father was, like, campaigning. John McCain's 24-year-old daughter, Megan. That's what I feel like right now. I'm like, kiss my fat ass. Like, is known for getting things off her chest, but now her chest itself is making news thanks to this twit pic she posted. Megan McCain was spending a quiet night in reading when she decided to let her Twitter followers in on what she was doing. It wasn't the biography of Andy Warhol that caught everyone's eye. It was the picture she took of herself in the mirror. Holy boobs pretty much sums it up. People were split on McCain's twit pick. Comments ranged from, all I know is that I suddenly want to vote for Megan McCain, to, oh, please, girl, those puppies are pushed up. Love the porn smirk, too. And she said that um, she was even a, a hot topic on The View. Yes. When that photo came out with the and the backlash and... Um, and I think I could have the facts wrong, but Megan, um, she did an interview for Playboy clothed, but she was once in Playboy. And I feel like it's because of that photo that like led to her getting in Playboy. But, but like, also probably because she named all her books like 
I want to suck America's dick. Yeah. <laughs> Meghan McCain gets candid on the pages of Playboy. McCain, a blogger and political columnist, spoke candidly when asked about her love life. I'm not a lesbian, if that's what you're asking, she told the magazine. I'd be the first person to tell the world I was gay. She went on to say, I love sex and I love men. <laughs> like, I guess people were thinking she was a lesbian for a hot second. Because she was hanging out with Tila Tequila. Oh my god, yes. It's probably the same time that she was hanging out with Tila Tequila. Which, that's one of my biggest regrets, is when I met Meghan McCain. I had time. Like, I should, I wanted to ask her two things. Um, when was the last time you spoke to Heidi Montag? And... When was the last time you spoke to Tila Tequila? You should have been like, will you condemn Tila Tequila's Nazi imagery? <laughs> yeah, she would fucking jump at the chance to condemn Tila Tequila's Nazi fuckery. And I wish I had asked her that. And if I ever have Megan on this show, <laughs> that will be the top of the agenda. <laughs> Mark it in your calendars, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> An intimate sit-down with Megan McCain. It's just a clip. It's just her being like, fuck Tila Tequila. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Like, let's end this. Thank you guys for subbing in for Marie. I really appreciate it. Um, Thanks for having us. As we close out season 22 of The View, any reflections or uh, hopes for the future of the program? I believe in my heart of hearts that Rosie will return one day. For a crafting segment? Ooh, I could possibly maybe see it if Whoopi was gone. She'll come back. Something's. <laughs> she... she has a hot glue gun. Oh. And she's ready to use it. That's right. Yeah. I mean, I feel good about the show. I think it was a fun season. I think. I, I know I'm the number one Megan McCain apologist in the world, but besides Clay Aiken, um, but I really enjoyed her fiery, confrontational, erratic style this season. So I think it made for a good season and I really stan Sunny Hostin as a good counter to Megan's. Um, I don't. I think people think that it's Joy, but really it's Sunny. And I'm looking forward to Sunny's profile rising. And her true crime docu series. Yeah. yeah. Giving the people what they want. Yeah. And uh, she's she has yet to drop the skincare routine though. Yes. You can look forward to more Deja the View this summer, as we are planning a special episode. We've we're gonna watch Rosie's family cruise what is do you know that? what i'm talking about yeah the the H it's the hbo documentary it's on crave um wow. she did a documentary you know how rosie did like a gay yeah, cruise the family cruises yeah so i've never got to see it i'm gonna sit down with marie and watch it and that'll be our next app so have no fear marie will be back we bring it to you every ball why y'all gagging so <laughs> So have a great day, everyone, and take a little time to enjoy. Rosie's glue gun. <laughs> <laughs> Hit it, Abby.